Awesome, man. Well, welcome. Welcome, Sudeep, to our uh, to the podcast. Um, how's your Is day, man? Real? Yeah, that's real. Oh so sitting next to us, just for anybody who that's obviously awesome. we can't see, but there's a Venus flytrap here sitting that my... Uh, I've my... always wanted a Venus flytrap. Jeez. Yeah, dude. That's a yeah. great way to start. Yeah, man. It's a, it's I a... did not realize there's that many. Like, I thought it'd be like one or two heads or something. No, no, there's, yeah, there's a lot of heads in it. I'm at, it's actually my first time really kind of looking at one or even owning one. I yeah, don't know. He's if like, really... uh, I haven't even stared at this since I bought it. <laughs> he's like, you know what? Matter of fact, I forgot about this thing. Yeah. That's awesome. man. What do you even like feed this thing? Um, it, I used to feed my, my teacher had one, right? How much yeah, did it cost? It, it, I don't know. I think this one costs like 10 bucks or something like that. Uh, mm. Yeah, I'm not so, really sure. Guys, the guest on the show tonight is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this Venus flytrap's fly though. Yeah, no it is. Pun intended. It is. Um, yeah, it feeds on flies and I right. think mosquitoes and, and things like that. But it's okay. it's pretty crazy. Like on literally on the label, it says carnivorous plant, and mm. yeah, it's it's just wild that like things have grown on this planet to like you know plants to specifically eat other, to, like, to yeah, eat yeah, other yeah. things. No, but like specifically, exactly. like this thing doesn't have have blood, right? It's uh, yeah. The one my teacher had like it was in fourth grade. She was my writing teacher. Shout out Miss Burkett. But um, she um. She had a, it was like a big head. I mean, maybe it was just older or something. I don't know. And there was Did like, they come in different two, sizes. I don't know. I'm sure there's probably variations. Dude, imagine if this there. thing was like 12 foot tall and it just snatched you like mid walk in the jungle. I'm out, bro. I'm out. Right? <laughs> I mean, like, I'd be out like my life. Like, I'm out. <laughs> like, apparently it got me. Fuck. <laughs> what happens if you put your pinky in it? Does it, does it close it up? Does it try to See, like, it does. On it? it does. Yeah, it does do that. Um, I remember, or at least what I remember. Yep. Oh shoot. Yeah, it do- yeah I did. I just, I just tested yeah, it out. It, <laughs> we've got it live folks. Um, but yeah, no. So, uh, we got a live one, but, uh, so it's like, it's crazy because I remember we used to uh, fuck around with my teachers and it was a writing class, right? Mm-hmm. No, again, no pun intended. It's funny. We used to put our pencils in it. And it would like watch it try biting our pencils and stuff, and I know she'd get pissed off. I was like, "Well, why do you bring a Venus flytrap to a fourth grader's class?" Though, it's like, how do you expect fourth graders to not fuck with a Venus flytrap? Oh, absolutely! In a writing class, absolutely. All these utensils for the brutality of nature. You know what I mean? Just uh, try to eat anything you put in it. Um, What uh, what was I gonna say? Um, So you gave us a list. Ah, let's just jump into it. What? Yeah. Out of the six things you gave us, what's uh? I mean, which which one's like? Which one are you like really? Your heart's heavy on. What do you want to talk about on this one? Because I got you got traditional healthcare. So obviously, a future industry overlap with traditional healthcare. So I know we're already talking about psychedelics there. Uh, we got the books thing. We got a couple of things. So. What do you feel? I don't know. What's uh? What do you feel very passionate about right now? I don't know, man. I mean, I think uh, all of them. That's why I wrote them. But um, yeah, percentages, all that stuff. Not thinking about numbers right now. But I would For say, sure. like, I think one thing to me is, uh, I guess, a good to- uh, talking point. Just because, like, I, I I personally like books so much, and it's just like an easy topic. Like, it's fucking sure, books. sure, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about mind comp before you came in. Oh yeah, uh, obviously we're, we're doing sound check, and and uh, David made a joke. If I had mind comp around, I was going to read a read a sure. line from it. But you know, mind comp is. He's just saying that so that we don't get canceled. But he was telling me he had it on his <laughs> nightstand. That this is the second time he's going through it because he really just wants to get deep into it and, and grasp it fully. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> uh, if you read a book once, you never read it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, honestly that's very true you know what happens to me i'll read pages and then i'll realize that i'm like five pages in and i don't remember anything but i think the what is worst. that is that is that 
you know, def- what, attention deficit disorder? Or is oh, that yeah, just... Yeah, yeah, bro. We are, uh, our, our attention span is less than adults. Absolutely, bro. And the other thing, too, if we're talking, like, on, on, on how to read, I was taught, like, from just, like, from school, from, like, uh, business school and, like, undergrad or whatever to, like, speed read. So, like, I read, oh, yeah. I read the first sentence, last sentence, and then I fill in between, which is, like, I hate that because I can never enjoy a book. Yeah, so, like, sure. even when I'm reading fiction, I'm sitting there just, like, trying to, like, figure out the, like, the answer instead of just, like, enjoying it. Yeah, you know? it's so funny how, like, we'll have these, like, systems that are, like, dealt to us, literally dealt to us, like, drug dealers. Like, they're mm-hmm. slanging these systems to us. For and sure. They're like, and they're like, hey, like, which is not, like, am I, as an adult now, like, I'm not tripping because I think that, or I know that they were for the sake of using different tools or giving kids different tools like within their toolbox that's how i always tell people i'm like hey don't forget like this is a tool in the toolbox like and unfortunately sometimes people think it is the toolbox and Mm. so i'm like no 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 no. like it's not the one end game like this is just a aspect of that so i guess what i'm getting at is like it's just wild to me how like you'll be sold on one thing and like i feel like they're thinking through an adult's brain i think that's what's the fault with our education system like we're trying to teach kids as adults. You're not trying to be a kid and teach kids. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's where mm. you're not turning it on its head. So it's like while you're giving these systems, they don't they fail to realize, and that's why I've been spending a lot of time like past couple of years with child psychology is like they fail to realize that like you give a kid one thought and kind of they're gonna take it as reality. So then we sure. run with it and we spend the next 15 years mm. thinking that that's like how we do shit. And now we're at the age of whatever, trying to spend time to undo these things. Like mm. what? So it's like, hold on, like, what the hell did you just like contribute to society? Actually, like, you kind are of you, evolved it, if you ask me. Are you talking about like variety as far as like uh, topics or ideas that are being presented to these kids at early age? Or no, I'm saying like Vu gave the example of speed reading. So in okay. his lane of going in academia, right? His lane told him that for his content, this is a good system to use oh, okay. to digest it, to get through it, to whatever. That defined a big fact of him as a human being. Think about that. Dude. Years later, we're over here sitting having a conversation because X amount of people said this one system works. He took it so literally as a developing young individual gotcha. and it changed him as a person. Like, that's insane sure. to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's so crazy. The tech- but we, it, yeah. No, the techniques of learning. I mean, it, it could be that the speed reading was beneficial for Vu, but for somebody else, it may have been not the that not the technique of learning that would have maximized their potential is that what you're saying yeah in a way in a way like i think that's that's a that's a facet like it's basically it's just like i feel like in certain lanes you're in business or now let's talk about literature students or you're blah blah blah, right there's like paths within that like generally there's a consensus unfortunately like some Mm. of these professors or people will be like oh like this is what we like obviously there's variance, but the overall arching industry or, or their lane will have some kind of like it tends to be right, and I think that's the issue with our like education system is that like instead of it being more unanimous and being like, hey, every teacher fuck what like category you're learning about should be saying, hey, there's twelve options, here's twelve systems, give more, give the kids more tools and let them play with the tools, but we're already mm-hmm. like hey, here's a hammer and this is what a hammer does and this is what the use is and blah, blah, blah. Sure. And like you get mm. you get them so deep into one thing. It's like kids don't think deep. You know what I mean? Mm. We don't think deep. We're still, you're in the plate. You're in the, okay. you're in the sandbox still. You're you not allowing like, that, that, that moment of exploration. You're just already setting exactly. the rules and setting the track and you're like, this is what it is and and don't. And you literally don't. set the yeah. tone for that human being's life for X amount sure. of next years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Straight up. It, I'm yeah. undoing it myself. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know? And a lot of education systems, they, they, they tee us up to, to be on the fast track to like adulthood instead of mm-hmm. like letting us explore, you know, childhood. I felt like that being in like the, the classes I had or, or whatever it may be. And I've been reading a lot about like alternative education programs, especially like right now, because uh, it's super popular where, you know, parents have been forced to be home. Um, mm. they, they have to do remote learning, whatever it is. And like, you know, both parents work. So now they're trying to figure out like, sh- shit, my kids can't go to school. So like, what do I do now? Like, do I keep them in like public education, education school? And like this teacher who's not familiar with doing remote education is teaching them in like a class. Have you seen the videos of like the 30, like kindergartners, like in one zoom call? No. It is, yeah. it is yeah, so, it is amazing. And it is, it is beautiful. And yeah. it's so cool. And you just see all these kids That's just talking so at the same time. And the teacher's like, Hey, calm down, Timmy. Or like, yada, yada. Oh, I'd be so lit. Yep. I'd be Deontay, sit down, time. you know, Sarah, do this, whatever. But yeah, like it, it like it in that like type of environment, right? Like sometimes it, it doesn't work out, right? Sure. Um, for, for for the child, and so like parents are, are looking for other ways. Like, how do I maybe hire a tutor, or how do I like you know get these get these kids to be exposed to different things? Like Montessori school is like a thing or whatever. But oh yeah, I went uh, to a Montessori yeah. school, dude. It's free range, oh, you did? man. Yeah. Oh, you dude, yeah. I mean, Tell me for like. It. Well, I was there up to sixth grade, so um, I'd say towards yeah. the end, like fifth, sixth, they're 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 creating something similar to what you would experience in middle school. So it's not as like, you know, explore, explore, do what you want for the day. But I'd say anything pre fourth grade, it's like, here's a set of things that you could do today. It's up to you, which one you want to do and, and and go on, go at your own pace kind of thing. And uh, I mean, I enjoyed it, man. I mean, I was playing with the blocks every day. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I, I, there's, there's obviously things that I, I love doing more than other things, but I don't know. I mean, there was like a baseline of, okay, we're all doing this as a group, but there was moments of here's your list, pick from that list. But eventually by the end of the week, everything on the list needs to be accomplished. Um, but there's no mm. set deadlines and, and you're allowed to make your own curriculum for how you feel, you know, feel for the day, I suppose. Which is not bad. I mean, I, but I don't, I don't know if that kind of structure, like manifested. I mean, I couldn't. I honestly, I don't know if that's that that yeah, type of learning manifested in my adulthood. To be honest with you, in fact, I would almost say that it's made me very uh, picky on what I want to do, rather than like this is what I need to do. So I don't know if it's done me more harm than good because now I have a preference of what kind of work I'd like to do. When usually when you work for somebody else, that's not usually the case. You get handed something that needs to be done. And whether you like it or not, I mean, that's not up to you, right? So I don't know. Mm. So it could be, I don't, I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's interesting. So, yeah, because I mean, it's setting you up to be your own person and being your own leader. But the reality of like the world and the fact is not everybody's going to be their own business individual owner so you're going to end up working by someone else's rules so i think it makes you in fact it makes you a little bit too independent for a system that doesn't really encourage independency or 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 individualism even though it likes to say that it does but once you're in once you've been hired it's like all that crap you saw on the initial you know job thing is out the window and now you realize that this is just another you know grind i suppose so you wrote you wrote down or one of the topics you shared with us was a, around books and kids like um in, in your childhood or, or or in your you know development at, into an adult what do you think was one of the books that you read like you know in your 
childhood slash teenager. That's that it. Right ragweed. Yeah. Ragweed. ragweed. Uh, okay. I, I, I haven't read that. I got that. the answer. I got the beeper. <laughs> like, let me press it. But um, yeah, no. Um, yeah, I have a tat if I wasn't wearing. No, ha ha. But if I have it, it's on my leg. If I wasn't wearing pants, you'd see it. But um, but yeah, I've, I, <laughs> but uh, it's on my leg. If I was wearing shorts, but yeah, so it's um, it's uh, the tattoo is of of a ragweed, which is a weed, and it's a Texas variation. It's a weed. It's literally called ragweed. But that's not the point. It's an ode to that book, and the book is an old, like young adult book. Long story short, it's just this age old tale of like the it's it's this rat. And he lives in like the broke, so like mm-hmm. the country. And so he lives in the country and he goes to the big city. So that's that's really the moral of the story. But um the coming of age was, story for the rat. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Okay. Straight like that. And it's like he, he hops on a train and everything. It was the cutest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. But like um to me, I spent time with it a lot last year and or last year, especially before I got the tat, or two years ago, I'm sorry. So like two years ago, and like I spent a lot of time with it. And when I realized what it did for me was that I think I borderline based my entire life off of this character. It's the same general theory of what we're all three just talked about, right? Like you said, business school, they taught you to speed read. You carried a certain construct with you for X amount of time, a Mm. good amount of time. And that a lot of shit happened in between. Mm. So it shaped you, right? And so same thing, like you said, you went to Montessori, like you had so much choice that it taught you to learn to choose, right? So like that formula of giving the lack of choice now offsets you into the human that you are where you're like, I want to make goddamn choices, bro. Because when I was young, I'm not saying this for definite, but like these are very vague things that are nuances we could all notice right now. And then if you can notice it on the hindsight, what about if we go into depth, right? Mm -hmm. So I went into depth with it and I realized, I was like, God, dude, I think I based my whole life off this character. <laughs> hey, hey, that's it's that, insane. That happens though, right? Like we idolize figures in our life, and as kids, especially like and and you know, there there are there are heroes. We want to be like our heroes, oh, yeah. you know. Mm. Like for me, I, I definitely have you know have 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 idols in my life that I'm like, oh man, I aspire to be like that guy or this girl or this woman, whatever it may the be. The weird ones are when they're subconscious. Like that one was so yes, subconscious yeah. for me because in a weird way, I like I became the character. So by becoming mm-hmm. the character, I didn't know that the becoming was happening. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know the coming mm-hmm. was happening. You know, I, right, like, because right. I thought it was the is. Like I am. Like mm, so then I like sure. it was weird when I sat down to think of it that way, and I'm like, oh, I, I'm pulling the skin off almost. You know, mm. I'm like, what the hell? I didn't even know this was on. <laughs> like mm, <interesting>. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird. But, how old were you when you first yeah. read it? When when what grade was this or what? Uh yeah, good question. It was um. This was second grade, I believe it was. Yeah. Oh dang, that's I mean that's pretty early for a book to really grasp, Comedy. like have a hold on you like that. Hmm. Oh yeah, interesting. I, mean, I don't I think was... I have any books like that in my life. No. Really, really. Okay. No, I don't. Yeah, I mean, besides that, it'd be like a Bible to be honest, <laughs> because sure. I was read that since I was a child, I guess. So there you go. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, the, I think uh, I don't know, uh, but that's what's so cool. Like when you said the Montessori uh, story. That, that makes me think because it's like it just goes to show how every person like nature versus nurture like regardless of what like input you put in the output's going to be something you probably didn't expect like absolutely and that's the magic of, of being a human being for sure i was trying to think of my book and i think mine is um uh the kite runner kite runner yeah that's a good one. i never actually read it front to back oh yeah to there's a movie attached to it but the the book is very very touching um I don't know if you if you if you've uh, read it before, David, but uh, 
and I haven't read it in years, so I'll probably get this wrong, right. but the synopsis is like, it's about this kid, these kids who are like best friends in Pakistan or something like that. And they used to, they used to, uh, fight kites, I think is what it's called. So you'd like cut each other's kites. You'd like fight on, um, you'd be like, you fly kites, right. From like rooftops or buildings, stuff like that. And the kids would have their mm -hmm. own, you build your own and then design it yourself. And then like you run around and you like, you know, you get as high as you can and then you swoop down and like cut the kites of other kids, Dang, whatever. This is like and so it's like fun. a game. It's like a competition game thing. Mm. But the story is about like it's, it's kind like of Beyblades with kites. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Beyblades with kites. Yes, that's dope. Yeah, that's exactly. that's funny. yeah, but it goes like uh, it talks about like the journey of these two kids, like their friendship and like them growing into like older, you know, older kids, and like there's things that happen in each of their lives that like show you like the differences. Like one had a good life, one had a bad life, and it's just like two battling sides, and like them kind of reconnecting and like you know, um, that's awesome. Y'all ever uh, y'all ever read a uh, Touching Spirit Bear? No, I haven't. Mm -hmm. Woo! That one's heavy. That one's yeah. really heavy. I was shocked they even gave that to us at that age. Yeah. I think I was a third mm -hmm. grader when we read it or something like that. Yeah. It was shocking. And I have a beautiful story. I own a copy now. Yeah. And, um, Th you know, that's a great point. Sorry. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. yeah. Uh, I mean, real brief, but it was just like I, I own a copy now. Long story short, um, I was at my mom's house and I had already been living on my own and I just was visiting my mom. So I drove back, da da da, whatever. And I saw an old neighbor, and that kid actually used to be handicapped. And so I remember seeing throughout my whole life, watching this bus come through to the neighborhood and like one of those little like small shorties, you know, those short buses that are like 12 seaters or something like that. And like, you look like mm -hmm. they should be in like a city for like old people or something. And they'd only come to pick him up and take him to school. Like it wasn't painted yellow or nothing. It was like a black bus. So it looked like a commercial bus, but they'd pick him up and take him to school. And so anyways, I'm at my mom's, this is pretty recent, but like I'm at my mom's and I see that they're, uh, they're having a garage sale. I was like, damn, like, I wonder, you know, I'm, I'm like, I look different. I am different. Like, I doubt they even remember me or whatever, but I was like, I'm just going to pop in, you know, like, I'm going to see what I love garage sales. I'm like, I'm going to pop in. And so I started talking to them and they're like, yeah, like, what's up? Long story short, it was like, yeah, I'm that kid. Like the one that used to cause all the ruckus, like down the road, I was like, what? That's you. And so it was the sweetest thing. The daughter was selling a copy of Touching Spirit Bear. I freaked. Like when I saw, I was like, what? I was like, Touching Spirit Bear. I was like, oh, whose is this? I was like, I gotta know. And the little daughter, and I was like, damn, like I remember she was like a baby, but like, I was like, this is yours. And like, she was cute. And she, I was like, this is yours. She was like, yeah, it's mine. And I was like, I was like, what? I was like, are you selling it? She's like, no, it's not actually supposed to be out here. Like, I don't know why I was out here. I was like, oh, okay, my bad. I gave it to her. And she's like, I'll sell it to you though. I was like, okay, for what? And I was like, you know, to me, like the opportunity of that entrepreneurial like exchange of money and like, that value and like them knowing it's a tangible, you know, like shit like that. And so, um, she asked for five bucks. I gave her 20. And so I was just like, you know, here, take this. I was like, this is a part of like your, like, it's like, it's like your, it's she, the irony is I bought her in my mind. I bought the importance of that book for her because she didn't, she thought it was a $5 book, right? Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. because I gave her 20, that 20 is, in my opinion, that's how I remember stories. Maybe she's not that kid, you know? Maybe she won't be, I don't know. But sure. like, I, but I'd rather take that gamble of that extra $15 equity and be like, hey, I'm gonna put that in that kid and where like, maybe they'll be like, yeah, I remember that weird brown dude that bought this book. But why would you remember that? Like, I was just the weird brown dude, but if you're a 30 year old remembering the weird brown, that was impact. That's fifteen dollars worth spent, bitch. What you mean? Like, <laughs> hell yeah! Like that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. That return, bro. What? Like yeah, that's amazing yeah. to have somebody like be able to like. Even if I was just the weird brown kid, didn't even know I was the neighbor. Or, like that's crazy to me. Like that's what I think is. Like, yeah, it's dude, take it, Absolutely. take it a step higher, man. Send it back to her framed with like your favorite portion of the book. 
That's beautiful, bro. Like, I, no, mean, I don't I know, man. That may be a little excess, man. That may be a little Maybe much. Now it sounds like you're, now you're the right. creepy dude down the street. <laughs> yeah, I kept up. I kept up. Like, I know where y'all live. Yo, y'all California. I know where y'all at. <laughs> Yeah. I framed this as my favorite page, and I hope you resonate, and I hope you put this in, like, a favorite yeah. spot in your house. Like, creepy. Yeah. And that's a good point. That's a good point, like, like to even be drawn upon, right? Like, um, is because it's, like, where do you draw the line on those types of things? You know what I'm saying? Like, because in my head, in that moment, I was like, wow, this is, like, this is that depth. That was that sure. depth. You know what I mean? And so I was just like, okay, like, is there more? Yeah, or less or whatever. But, yeah, without getting mm-hmm. into that, um, bottom line, touching spirit bear bought it off for her and I really believe in like the little like I don't know the nuances of life I'm not going to get into like adjectives of telling you what I think you should say it is or isn't but like those nuances I'm like yeah that's crazy bro like that's a book that had a huge thing it's my neighbor they happen to be moving they're literally closing up everything that day I own three pieces of antiques at my house still today from that garage sale Mm -hmm. and uh, I actually have an old Charles Lindbergh uh, replica phone that they made these, they made like a few thousand copies of these, or yeah, a few thousand copies or whatever. They had like two print runs after uh, uh, production runs, but it's like this replica phone that he carried with him on his uh, tour around the world. Wow. So it's a briefcase phone that was an Ethernet cable. You plug it up and everything. You probably come across people set their drinks on and don't even know that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny, but... um. But yeah, bro. I mean, books. <laughs> yeah, I originally thought you said. I originally thought you said Radbury. I thought you were gonna like mention Fahrenheit four five one, which is a, a, a follow. Which is a question though. Do you think what we will ever in society get to a point where we start burning books in the in the same way you saw it in that Ooh, book? Absolutely, absolutely, hundred percent. Do you think we'll eventually head towards to that direction? Okay. I don't know what that direction is, but like, I think that, like, I think it's like the best analogy I could give you because it is an analogy is the Bible is like, you know, it's like d- heading towards that direction. Like the question I think you're asking me and correct me if I'm wrong is like, Hey, like, are we heading towards that direction of something like that being expressed? But like sure. the literal act of bu- books being burned, I don't know. Like maybe this realm isn't ready for that. I don't know. Or maybe well, that's I not mean, in our timeline or some shit. But I guess back but I think then it's it- gonna technically happen. Like whether that means metaphorically, like yeah, we're burning books right now. If you want to put it that sure. way, like we're technically burning books right now. But sure. I mean, I guess we may not. That's be why I wanted to bring books. it up. <laughs> you know what yeah. Mean? I mean, we may not be burning books, but you probably won't be able to even access some PDF files online. So if there was no books, you probably you're probably gonna need a VPN or some kind of thing just to like, right. you know, read 1984. Book? Like that's a better question to ask. I think like what's a book? Like just to intentionally be like. I mean, how deep do you want to go like, with that? So that's what I'm getting. That's what I'm getting at. Like you <laughs> know, like being an eso- I'm, I'm, I'm saying like being that esoteric, like like taking it so far back to where it's like, okay, the book is a physical item with information. Got it. But like really, like if like because that in theory, it's, like that's what we're moving towards, right? Like sure. everything is in the virtual world, so you're right. having to now actually ask those questions. So it's like, was it ever about the actual physical thing, or was it well, about its essence, right? It, well, so. it's it's the fact that books are like vessels of ideas, and I think that's if you get into right. any point of a, a majority leadership or whoever's in power, because I know in Fahrenheit four five one there was like a dystopian government. I, the threat is ideas that challenge the status quo that's being implemented by an authority figure that wants control. And I, I do, and I well, I I can get really extreme on this, but I feel like I already sense that kind of tone already in our society already 
only because we're becoming very sensitive with ideas that maybe seem kind of archaic or, or very old school. But the fact that we're getting very sensitive and starting categorizing ideas as, I don't know. I mean, because there is hateful ideas anytime, you know, we're anti-human or anti-certain race or ethnicity. There is books that have a lot of hatred. But once you start cutting down like the freedom of speech and, and deciding well, what what could be consumed and what can't, man, that's when you start getting to scary stuff. But I feel like society already is becoming sensitive to ideas that they may not be comfortable with. And, and, and I, I don't think that we're not being taught to perhaps, I guess, not ponder, but at least entertain ideas that may not be what we believe in. And I think we're really encouraging people to find empowerment in full out rejecting and not even entertaining it. And I wonder if, if that kind of mentality would, you know, over the years or decades would develop into something like, I don't know, 1984 being burned or the Bible being burned or the Quran being burned or whatever. I don't know. Maybe that's very extreme, but if you, if, if you believe, if you believe in the, in the duality of humanity and in our, in our evil nature, then you have to assume all possibilities. So, you know, Anyways, that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) No, no, that's good. That's good. A thought that came to my mind was like, um, I'm all about questioning things. Like, I I definitely think people should take a step back and like think, think through things from like a different lens or different perspective. But then there's also like what's going on right now with like the QAnon and things like that, where people take the questioning like to the next level. Like when you question it so much that you don't believe necessarily in anything. Right. right? And that's dangerous as well too. And that's the balance. That's the balance. It's like, I think that's what's so key about, like, I used to wonder, like, I wrote this poem one time, it's called Gateways, I'm not going to get into it, but like, um, (laughs) (laughs) but like, it's, um, it makes me think about the concept of like gatekeepers. And like, when I was young, I really, because being, I guess, like that young energy of like, you know, you just want to fuck shit up and like, you know what I mean? Like, fuck shit up in the sense of like, you don't know why something exists, but you just want to like fuck it up for whatever reason. Like you just want to, because it allows you to do right. It allows mm-hmm. you to express. And so it's like, and when I say fuck shit up, let me, let me correct myself. Okay. Let me clarify. When I say fuck shit up, I mean like question, I mean like to, uh, to digest and to, and or dissect things. And like, you know, being young, like you're doing, you're at exploring the back to the sandbox analogy, right? You're trying to like, it's and I, ironically, my opinion, I feel like a lot of that, when you get to those teens, the reason why historically in the most recent years, we have had some pretty like, what I would say these teens that are fucking shit up is because in their youth, we're like telling them what to do. And then when they figure it out, when they're unraveling stuff, it's in their teens. I'm mm. like, what if you offered them the opportunity as at a young age to like not put them in those and say, it's not a sandbox. Like you just, it's sand, bitch. Like go do what you want. Like, and then by that time they, it's like a workout, bro. Like you get that initial warm up out. Like, you know, mm. it's like, if you look at it on a mat, like a micro view, it doesn't make sense. But on a macro view, it does. Like, cause mm-hmm. it's like those first formative years are the equivalent of a 30 minute workout and your warm up. Like that's what that is. That's that blip. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, so, so you're saying expose kids earlier in their lives. Absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's scary, obviously. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's what, like, again, this isn't a, some kind of philosophy because at the end of the day, like it's life, bro. Like I'm not right. And neither are you, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, that's the point. And like, that's what you're getting at. I feel like, to some degree mm-hmm. is like, if you question so much, then who's going to do shit about it, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody going to do anything, right? And I think exactly. that's why bringing it full circle, 
uh, to the original point was like, I was like, wow, when I was a youth, the concept of gatekeepers and these like societal figures and that type of stuff, the things we were trying to fuck up without knowing why, we didn't know what the importance of them are. But now I get it because we're slowly becoming eventually going to be in those positions of potentially becoming in the ability to have that influence in those like areas. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, that's so important because like you said, if you let shit go too loose, then it's like, it's just a, a big mosh pit. And mosh pits are fun until shit goes fucking sour, bro. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, that's why I like analogies. But like, anyway, so that's a uh, that's so books. <laughs> like, that's it's crazy. Like, I mean, it's so it's interesting because books will think about that. Like, the information in it unravels into the stuff, and you know, and that that's that's our version of you know, it's another tool. It's another tool. Yeah, sure. But I feel like society is definitely encouraging to be skeptical and and really find your own yeah. truth. And that sounds. And here's my well, not my opinion, but here's a, an idea of the negatives of that concept is if, if you, if you preach the, you know, find your own truth or, you know, pick whatever you like with that kind of, you set up the playing field for no idea to take a full grasp of anything. So they're all exactly. just kind of floating around. So if there is a good idea that, that could benefit society or could really take, you know, captivate the mind of a culture, it, it, it there's no idea that now has that that soil to you know root in anymore because now the soil itself is saying well well which plant do we really want to you know make home here and and everybody's saying well none of them because you know maybe that's too abstract they don't but fit the landscape no, exactly. No, no, I, I exactly and and and, and when you like, question yeah, everything yeah. then nothing gets planted and and we're left with right. with everybody you know like you said a mosh pit and yeah, that sounds very beautiful in the sense of, well, here's all these perspectives, but where do you end up? You still end up, maybe you end up nowhere. You know what I mean? Because idea, an an idea on one individual is, I I suppose, powerful. But the point is that an idea creates a group and creates a community in order so that it gets fostered or like it, it grows into something, I don't know, whatever. But with that kind of, you know, skeptical mindset of whatever it, it it doesn't have the opportunity to do that anymore you know i don't know yeah. maybe that's a little too I'm abstract but I, I feel like you guys catch the vibe on that one <laughs> yeah i definitely feel you absolutely absolutely, absolutely. um what else one thing I, I, <laughs> oh no got, go for it bro. go for it <laughs> no 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 yeah, i'm moving on to the next idea the, the another oh, okay. one that I, that I thought was interesting that we uh yeah, sure. that we had, had had written down here um the importance of craftsmanship Mm. and i I think i think david can really vibe with this he's a he's an artist himself and and i mean i I would call myself kind of a designer artist too as well but like i truly value craftsmanship like you know my dad works in the field of you know he's he's remodeling homes and you know does manual labor and things like that and he puts a lot of effort into his craftsmanship even though he doesn't need to right Right. it's just like there's a there's a feeling there to like to to feel there's a feeling there of like being like amazed by like your own work or like making sure that whoever you're building this thing for is going to enjoy it you know the finer details right yeah. um i'm kind of curious to know like uh whenever you you kind of wrote that idea down like what were you think are you thinking like craftsmanship is is dying like it's going away or do you think it's like i think it's evolving mm. and so i mean everything's evolving first off right if you're, you're either evolving you're dying so <laughs> you got two choices so that we know of and so with that being said it's like 
what my it was more of a question it wasn't even anything i wanted to talk about it was more of like i was curious mm. what y'all's thoughts were but like i listened to this podcast y'all know tim ferris mm. okay so i was listening to this podcast with tim you got it you got to bro go go check out uh <laughs> plug uh, shout out to uh, tim ferris <laughs> the tim ferris show it's great but um yeah no single-handedly changed a lot of my perspective on everything first off mm. um just the amount of uh, value but anyway so what he goes into um in this episode i think he's in uh, interviewing a rabbi and um uh i just blanked <laughs> craftsmanship <laughs> yeah i was like i just blanked. but the craftsmanship so it's like he talks about they were discussing craftsmanship and he was talking about um essentially how the topic we were just on about like, you know, the world going to a mosh pit or whatever. And he's like, there's a, there's a fine balance and being able to like have enough. And that was part of what they're talking about. And so he was saying, they were more talking about conversation debates, et cetera, like uh, the cancel culture that we live in. And mm-hmm. so, but with craftsmanship, what they were discussing was at one point, think about a human experience, right? Like the value that there is of like doing monotonous tasks that are repeatable but like it gel like again, I always use workout. I use like body mechanics because Bruce Lee is like really great about this. But like I use those analogies because it's like the the flow state that you get from a repeatable task. Think about it. why do people like those types of jobs? Because it's comfortable, mm-hmm. like they're easy, they feel good, they're recognizable, they they make you like you know, there's mm-hmm. I could go on, but like the so it's like sure. with, exactly. So there's a form of therapy, but the irony is these, my opinion, like certain entities know how, how the human psychology works and they structure businesses a certain way so they can profit. Like, let's be honest here. And so it works and it makes the system work. It's, it's no harm done, but mm-hmm. one could argue one way or the other. So mm. there's that. But, um, but yeah, so the craftsmanship side of it is like they were discussing and my thought is where are we going to draw the line of like, is it the sake of like, it's like you're saying you get some self-fulfillment, whatever, whatever. But at the same time, the need for those crafts are dying Mm. in the sense that the need for them from where they come from is what I mean. It's like, you don't need your dad to chisel a fucking chair for someone anymore. We have a machine to do that. So my question is what will a modern day craftsman be? Like, is it going to be the person that is just now, are we all designers? Are we mental designers now? Like, is that the new craftsman? And then you're choosing a lane you know, like I'm, sure. like I'm designing furniture still. I'm still a furniture designer, but I'm having thoughts and this machine draws them out and then cuts it for me. So I'm still, yeah. am I still a carpenter or like, am I just a thought leader? Or like, I don't know. Like, mm. so like, that's what my, and I, I, I'm also being extreme, but I like being no. so extreme so that we can bring it back to what's going to potentially lead to those. Yeah, no, I, I think on the individual, I guess it depends. I mean, there's definitely that there's definitely people who are purists and are, and are not going to want any kind of like tech or anything to make it simpler for them. They're going to want to carve that thing for six months. So I don't think I don't think they'll ever be lost. I mean, I just don't think it's going to be in the minority you know, in the majority. But, you know, when I read this, the first thing that came to mind uh, was the the drastic difference between the architecture and the city design of a place like Europe versus a place like America, because on the individual level, we can talk about, you know, purity and craft and, and how, and how much involved are you really in? And if you have a computer involved, how much of the subconscious and the whole thing are you really, you know, putting into the equation, but on a larger scale, man, like I see Europe and I see the cities and I see the architecture and you know, it'd be really hard to, you know, put it into 
to into statistics, but I, I uh, but I'd be really curious. Well, not really curious, but I'm pretty sure that that kind of environment cultivates a a a trajectory of the mind to reach higher into I don't know into culture into wanting to be refined in 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 a certain um, I don't know in a certain department of whatever it may be. I don't know. I, I think when you're surrounded with art and and craftsmanship and true artistry. I think it it's inspires you in in a way, and I and I see America, and all I see is plazas. I see boxes and boxes and boxes, yeah. and no, I mean, besides the cities, you know, New York, San Francisco. There's many cities that are pedestrian friendly, but man, they're 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 not that many when you compare the whole U.S. And I see U.S. being just a like pop up tent, you know, and it's void hey, of so really much cool culture. And, and and it's intentional too, man. Why do why do you think that we, you go to a corporate office? It's not. I mean, they have the money to well design it. I mean, they could hire artists and 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 do some crazy, <laughs> you know, shit. I mean, I guess exactly. they do. I mean, <laughs> some Silicon Valley places will hire like you know uh, graffiti artists and they'll go in and do the whole walls. But the majority of it is just gray walls and crappy lighting. You know what I mean? Because they don't. I don't know. I, I think the, the environment boxes you in mentally you know so if there's nothing creative or colorful or inspiring outside it's probably subconsciously boxing you in mentally in order to make you a better worker be in something some form or whatever maybe that and that's probably very extreme but i just i hate the plaza system in america because i feel like i have to drive everywhere and um i don't know we can could be doing a lot more can i ask you some when you say when you say and maybe that's extreme you said that a few times. What? Where does that stem from? Like, well, I see, I see those efforts very intentional. Versus, and and I say extreme because I know some people will say, "Well, David, I don't think that the powers there are that be." There is. <laughs> I well, but I entertain everything, but uh, but I know people no, are going to say, "Well, David, those are the voices that will say that." <laughs> sure, and and I think a lot of people say, "Well, David, I don't think you know corporate." executives are being intentional about making work environments boring in order to subconsciously put you in a state of mind that makes you less rebellious towards authority and more look down and don't look up kind of mentality, you know? So I don't know. And um, I'm sure there's places that you could really Mm -hmm. see that. And then there's places where you're probably like, well, no, they're doing a really good job of making a fun, cool, inspirational environment so anyways but that's on the on the big scale i suppose of things mm-hmm. but we can go back uh, to the individual in in business language what they call call that is efficiency yeah efficiency <laughs> versus yeah. Effic- efficacy uh versus efficiency right but both in the day desire right so in their own way um i think it's yeah just lad last tidbit i think on that is um yeah as far as like that that was interesting the pop-up analogy because at the end of the day like you said is um <laughs> I was laughing, so I apologize. I wasn't laughing at you, but I was laughing at. Uh, I think it's Dane Cook. The, uh, I think it's Dane. I, I don't know. I think it's maybe it's Dane Cook's uh, bit, but like there's this one bit where no, it's the old white dude. Who's the old Ron something? The old white uh, fat white? dude, huh? Ron White. Uh, Ron White. I think he, old fat. Um, he's always sipping on whiskey on stage and shit. Oh yeah, he's a part of. Um, <laughs> um, uh, what's that Dane, Dane show? I don't, um, Get her done. Like maybe. Red, so like, there's a there's yeah. a skit. I think it's him. Maybe it's Dane Cook. But like, he talks about the Walmart skit, and he's like, mm. "Yeah, man, you know the fucking Walmart greeters." He's like, basically, what they're really paid for is to. I, I'm I'm butchering it. I'm this is my interpretation, but like, <laughs> I know I'm butchering it. But he's like, "Yeah, man, 
he's fucking with people who come up Walmart and he's like, uh, he's like, every time I leave, all I hear from those fucking greeters is get your shit and leave. Like, you know, like when they're entering. So I always think about that bit when he's like, yeah, get your shit and leave. Like that's the purpose <laughs> of these greeters. And sure. that's how, when you said that, that's what I thought about this architecture is like, I'm like, it's built for get your shit and leave. Mm. Oh yeah. It's absolutely. literally built for that. Psychologically, it's built for get your shit and leave, which is efficiency or, or mm-hmm. efficacy, right? So it's, it's very driven towards that. And that why I asked you, why do you say that whenever you said, you know, um, uh, maybe I'm being too extreme or whatever you said earlier, um, or have been saying why I asked that was because I'm like, the irony is there's science to back that. Like there's, sure. there's, there's no psychology there's no for doubt sure. about there's, yeah, there's science to back that now to apply that science and say that that's what's happening. Yeah. That part is a different story, but there is science yeah. to back it. So sure. but yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy, bro. Mm. Well, speaking yeah. of places, we can talk about coffee shops and teas. <laughs> or yeah. coffee and tea. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Like the coffee and tea thing to me, bro, it's just so funny. Like it's there's not much to it. It's just uh I used to be an avid coffee drinker. So mm. real brief on the background, like being Indian, um, chai is huge in our culture. Uh ironically, commonly misunderstood, even though people now know it as chai tea, still people think it's like a coffee item, I guess. Um, because it's brown, mm-hmm. so um, it'll throw people off, I guess, for that matter. I mean, it threw mm-hmm. me off as a child. I, mean, I thought I was sipping on some coffee or something, mm-hmm. like weak coffee. But it's actually, uh, for all the folks listening, <laughs> it's actually a black tea, typically an English breakfast um, of or, uh, or a variation of some sort, but uh, typically some kind of British, like London breakfast or something like that as well. Mm. Um, but uh, Or Earl Grey tea. But it's a black okay. tea spiced with milk. Okay. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's what chai is. Um, and so traditionally you eat chai and biscuits. I guess you can't eat the chai, but you drink chai and biscuits. And um, if you're poor, you just get white bread and toast it. <laughs> so that's what we do. <laughs> and so, uh, but yeah, so we'd sip on some chai and like have some white toast or whatever. And it was like so big for me. And like, I remember the first time I asked my mom publicly, uh, or not even just publicly, but like forthright or whatever, like, to her face so yeah let me get some chai i'm just like what like because like it's caffeine right so i was like the hell you mean like you're a kid and so i was like maybe i don't know like 12 or something and from then i realized how it became a thing mm. so mm. i started drinking a lot of coffee um or caffeine products and it was just crazy i didn't realize how addicted i was until like i really got like i guess adamant on my like health journey and being out of high school and just kind of like wanting to figure out how to like take care of stuff at that point mm. um and then I was just like, wow, like I have low energy, figured out thyroid issues are like a big thing and whatnot and how caffeine can drain your thyroid. And so then I switched to from coffee to tea. And now I really almost borderline don't even drink tea, to be honest, unless it's herbal tea. But mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But it, it's crazy, though. No, I don't disagree. I, I mean, I do coffee sometimes and tea I do sometimes. But really? Man, what worries me, it's, man, I have, I know so many people who drink the bang drinks. You know what I'm talking about? The one with 300 milligrams oh of caffeine. God, it just made me crazy. If you're really needing like one or two of those, just, just go to your psychiatrist and ask for Adderall at that point, man. Because, 600, <laughs> because, because really with 600 milligrams is probably doing more damage than like a, like a five milligram instant release of, well, I don't know, man. Cause you're also microdosing meth. That's what really they're doing. So, <laughs> so 
they sell it to you as this whole thing, but really you're microdosing meth and no one talks sure. about that. And they make it casual like, oh, yeah, Timmy here is I have, you know, def, you know, deficit, whatever. Like, no, your son at 12 years old is already microdosing meth from a plug that's being sanctioned by the U.S. government. And because Oof. it goes through a hand that has <laughs> a licensing thing, you, 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 you're OK with it. You know what I mean? But if like. The guy off the park mm, sold the crazy. same amount of meth to your kid. You would like freak your oh. shit and call the cops, right? But just because the dude in a nice comfy sofa gives it to you, you know, it's all legit. But yeah, man, dude, these drinks. And it's like, I feel like I noticed over the course of 10 years, like the caffeine content on these things are increasing and increasing and increasing. Yeah. Like the idea of 300 milligrams, that's like bang. Like it's called bang because it's, it's literally fucking you. You know what I mean? It's just incredible. <laughs> yes. uh, that's fucking true. I love it. To add to that, like growing up, like I've always hated monster energy drinks. Oh, always, always. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, there's, dude, yeah. I remember trying it as a kid and I was like, oh, this is Disgusting. super sweet. And I was like, this is not that great. Like I'd rather drink something sweet else. Sweet medicine. Like, yeah. Who that, why and, would you miss that? And then I would watch other kids drink it and just enjoy it. And then like they've grown in, and then and some of these people are my friends too still. And they still get it to this day. And I'm like, I'm like, do they buy it out of nostalgic value? Are they addicted to it? Like, what is it about mm-hmm. Monster that like they're so like they find so enjoyable about it? Like, there's so yeah, much there's sugar, there's so much caffeine. Like, there's got to be something gamers. going on there. They're gamers, but man. that's why I was going back to coffee, right? Like, that's why I was going back to coffee because it's like, it's it's the basic like it's the basic principle of how how our biology works, which is that once it gets introduced to something, generally speaking, there is some sense of a dependency because that pattern recognition and then depending on what's being registered or administered to the body can also have a biological effect of more necessity Mm -hmm. or need or desire. But generally speaking, it's the pattern that becomes addictive. Like why I like smoking so much for years. And whenever I started smoking was because I liked smoke. I didn't Mm. care for smoking. I liked smoke, Mm -hmm. but Mm. the act of needing to be involved in smoke, you need to, be smoking (laughs) so then i became a smoker (laughs) you know what i mean like and it's so funny how those work because it's it's very basic the the irony is like any business you know this better than anyone boo is that like any business is like the only reason you're making money is because you have leverage on the next person that's it like you have a a a a movement on the next your consumer or whatever Mm -hmm. like you have something more there's there's a discrepancy right Mm -hmm. and that's where you profit that's where profit's made so it's like yeah. with the same concept, it's like that's exactly what's happening with all these companies, obviously, and all these products. Sure. I'm not dogging on the products whatsoever. I'm not do- – oh, I mean, they, I mean I'm not going to speak on anything. But like I'm not pointed in one in any one direction. I'm pointed on the system that allows them to become where they are and why. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And so like the regulation side of it. And so it's like, damn, that's just crazy. Because like sure. my theory personally – I forgot who says this, but there's a few people that – and I, there's a theory on it. But like I – I really confidently believe that we could do, and I don't mean to sound like some kind of, cause I'm not that person. Like, I don't mean to sound like, Oh, some optimist. I'm an, I'm an optimist at heart, but like, I genuinely believe you can make a four X on profit in, in, in comparison to the present day, like state of things and do better for society. And at the rate of the bell curve, at the rate of Moore's law, etc. But we're intentionally freezing time. We're taking a snapshot of time. And, and the individuals that have enough power in it are freezing time 
the way the movement of development. I'm not oh. time's moving, obviously, right? Yeah. People are aging. That's a given. But like mm-hmm. I'm saying, the like the societal structure they're freezing as a snapshot and saying, hey, like while it's frozen, we can get the get the goods, bro. Get the goods. Mm-hmm. Like there's coins. Like it's like Sonic out here, bro. Like what? Yeah, facts. Like, facts. Yeah. like you know, you hear like yeah. someone runs into a. Like you hear all the yeah. coins fall, and I'm like, oh, and then the next person's collecting them, and I'm like, Jesus, bro, y'all are out here, bro. Absolutely, bro. You're preaching to the choir. So yeah. I started my career in the oil and gas industry. Oh, those shit. motherfuckers are still holding on to that. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, why? Like, like why? Right. It's destroying our world, number one. And it's not like making the world more profitable, right? Like it's making them more profitable, but it's destroying everything, right? Like it's it's a double-edged blade, right? Like the money is quick money. Like it's going to be, they're going to be what, have money for the next 10 years. But after that, it's like, damn, you already, you landed us in the shittiest position we could ever be in as a world, you know? And now we're all losing money, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're never going to think about it. They, in the sense of like that, that that system doesn't make sense. That's the point. The system doesn't make sense. Mm. So it's just, to me, it's more about like who, and I think that's generally our, our duty. And what I mean by our is like about this timeline of age individuals, 20s to 30s. I think it's very big on us, like a big responsibility that we bear. I I look at it that way, but like uh, that we bear to be like, hey, like we're in the information age, we're of it, right? We are the we are the gatekeepers because we came from their world, we understand it very well. We're the translators to the younger generation of like, hey, I get like you tripping on them, we trip on them too, but like, but we also came from it, so we we have some connection to it. Y'all just detached from it completely, which is also its own beautiful thing. Uh, but the point of that to me is that there's, there, there's like value in being able to draw that back. I, I kind of lost my thought I was getting at, to be honest with you, but, um, but yeah, like, bro, it's just, it's, it's insane to me that like, you'll have this f- like freeze frame snapshot, right? And mm. we're not able to, that's what, that's what I'm getting at is to procure the data. That's what's important for us is to procure the data, the evidence to show them, because that's our duty, to show them and say, hey, like, I'm not tripping about you wanting to make profits. I want to make profits. Why else would we do this? Let's be honest. Like, sometimes people aren't even real with their own intentions. Like, why would I build all these things? And da, da, da. like, at some point, there's like, that is a factor, right? So we want to do that. But w- no one's presenting the argument that it's profitable to do good. Mm. So until mm-hmm. that story changes, no one's going to change their opinion on it. So I'm like, we're, we're targeting the wrong problem. We're not, we, yes, there's all these problems, but there's a billion of them. So then every, all our resources, the, the money gets spread into all of them and they minutely move nowhere. Mm. The real problem is no one's proving a point that to just do good with data and we could prove it, we, we're getting there and we should be allocating those resources to that. Absolutely. And the money towards it. And we could show that it's profitable to do good. Absolutely. And then shit would happen because then they listen to money. Yeah. <laughs> they listen to money. And if we mm-hmm. can prove that they can make money off of doing it, then it's over, bro. Then it's a given. Yeah. The new bottom yeah. line becomes a bottom line. It's, there's always going to be a bottom. There's always going to be a top. But the new bottom is the new high. You mm-hmm. feel me? Like there's a new lower, but it's still higher than what the low was. Yeah. So it's like the, the standard goes up, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. But in the I'll, meantime, uh, the world is suffering yeah. and, and, <laughs> and dying and it's the plants are... And the plants with emotions are screaming. Hey, bro, don't talk about my plants like that. Dude, (laughs) I want to, okay, with the the few time that we have left, I want to talk about these plants with emotions. Talk to me about that. Like how, where are you going with that angle? It's just, it's like, okay, I don't know if you have had an opportunity to kind of maybe have a little idea of how I view topics in general, which is that 
of course I have my own opinions, but I don't care to express them or discuss them. I just like being a facilitator of a conversation. And so the plant thing the plant thing is the same thing, bro. It's just that like I hear these vegans, man. I hear these vegans that'll tell me and they'll be like, hey, like, you know, like PETA this and PETA that. And mm. I am very much aligned with that, right? And they'll tell me about these animals and the rights and et cetera and all that. I'm like, okay, great. Like green check, green check, green check. You got that. You win, we win, et cetera. But we now have science and have had science, but we have science that shows that like plants express stress stimulus, which is, or can be argued that is emotion, right? And so it has stress stimulus, bottom line. And they show that like there's now more ev- from Harvard. There's more evidence than ever, and we're only continuing to do this, and um, to show that you know they'll cry, they'll weep, they'll do these things and such. Mm-hmm. Now, are they cognizant of that? And th- th- there's obviously layers to that. I get that. Sure. My point of like plants have emotions is that like if we know this, and I have these conversations with these people, and they blatantly ignore it and refuse to sit down and have a conversation and to even give me two words towards that to me that's fishy you know like to me that's fishy because i'm like and that comes full circle to what we were talking about earlier is like we're in a very fragile state of society where it's cancel culture it's i'm right it's not that i'm right and you're less right it's just i'm right and you're wrong and what you're wrong about should not even exist and it's like Hold exactly. on, bro. That's aggressive. Like, why are you coming sure. at me like that? Mm. So the that's what I like doing is like starting those conversations because I'm like, I'm not on either side. I can tell you. If if this was off the record, I would love to have one-on-ones with people and I'll tell you exactly where I stand. But mm. I like promoting conversation and being like, hey, like, if you're this far about animal rights, this, that, the other, like rights of a living thing, this plant is screaming and we have evidence now. So what are you going to do about that? Okay. <laughs> like, what are you going to tell me about that now? And then they're like, yeah. well, so are you trying to tell me not to eat anything? I'm like, I just want to talk. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I just want to talk. Like, I want to see what your thoughts are. And if you can't even begin, because the greatest writers write against themselves, right? The point of a thesis statement is to prove the thesis. And then part of your fucking writing is to then counter your own thesis. Because it shows the listener, the reader, that you have a depth and an understanding of your of what you're trying to talk about because you've gone to the depths and the like the ranges and the walls and the boundaries mm-hmm. of understanding what it might or might not be. Ooh, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, but if that person's trying to argue, like that's the first thing where I know to now I've learned to shut my mouth around certain people because I'm like, mm-hmm. if I see those traits, then anything I say is not going to make sense to you. So why would we have a conversation? Sure. You know, like we, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have a conversation. We'd be talking at one another. I want to talk with you. I don't want to talk mm. at you. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like. Interesting. Yeah. And that's, 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 that's plants also- crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speak to that too. Like, but that's kind of dangerous, right? Cause like, oh. that's, I, I'm kind of dealing with that in my personal life, like with a friend as well. Is like, it's like, I, I can't express my opinions because like they, 
they just immediately try to counter, right? Instead of trying to understand or, or I don't even or, need you to understand. Just listen. Yeah, <laughs> like, or just even listen, and right? Then maybe that develops. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I was just saying, like, it's it you know, it's it's a it's a dangerous thing to like also not have that conversation in the first place or be willing to talk to that person to convince them otherwise. You know what I mean? Right. Like, even though it sucks that the person won't listen to you and they'll fight you or whatever, right? But like, if you really want to make a change and you care about them enough, you should put forth the effort right yeah. to a certain or, degree or, or dose them with acid yeah. yeah or dose them with acid yes hey. <laughs> <laughs> when you're saying be- screaming that's what i was thinking <laughs> dude for real <laughs> yeah for real <laughs> that's that, hey but like that's a that's kind of a funny thing to kind of bring back to like the uh, psychedelic side of thing is like we now have clinical trials with uh mdma uh oh psilocybin. yeah um ketamine even that being uh registered by you know clinicians physicians and so it's it's, it's it, we're living an interesting renaissance era right like it mm-hmm. every era is going to be something obviously so like i don't ever like to glorify any era either because then you do that and then someone's like oh yeah every generation said that it's like well to sure. some degree that's true so bottom line we're here <laughs> and shit's <laughs> happening is what we're talking about and what's happening is that those things and so i think that if you look at the facts like the last time was, that was a, a big punch was the sixties. And, you know, for various reasons, they just weren't able to progress in inform- lack of information, the expression of the information, the, all of it. And so it didn't get to go as far. And now we're here and now it's we the have, Reagan era. Yeah. It's just, yeah. we have more info. We have more knowledge. We have more data of people trying things and knowing what, you know, it's just, it's just, there's more. So I think it's a, uh, I think it's interesting, bro. I think we're in an interesting time to where, we can either really make it or break it. My thoughts. Absolutely. You want to hear a funny anecdote? Yeah. I was, uh, so there's this app called clubhouse that, um, it's like big in the tech world, whatever. And like a bunch of, um, like celebrities and now celebrities, but like a lot of tech celebrities were, the, were on there, like famous tech people or whatever. And they, they get on it. Essentially it's kind of like, uh, it's like a, in a way it's like a podcasting app. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a billionaire's boy club. There's a lot of wealthy people on there. Like I was in a room with like, you know, Virgil Abloh and like, um, bunch of other guys too but like anyways like they they all get into this room and like they talk it's kind of like a, a podcasting app in a way but like there's like an audience and you can only listen in if you're like you're in the group that kind of thing right yeah. anyways i was in this group and i was listening to all of these like they're probably like 20 to 24 25 whatever they they might be talking about research chemicals like it was like a trading card game wow and doing them and I was just like, I'm sitting here just like mind blown because like, I, mean, I, I get it. I was in that age and like, you know, I experimented and things like that. But like, they're like, oh, uh, one, one of the kids was like, um, oh, I took, you know, 2C whatever on Monday. And then I did, you know, 0.2 nanograms. And then yep. um, I followed up with, you know, Lucy and whatever. And then I got this amount of productivity. He's then I, then, tom- then the next day I did this amount of Lucy and this amount of this other research camp to experiment. And he's keeping a log of these things yeah. and talking about it. I'm like, this is wild. I was like, this guy is like truly experimenting. But he wasn't the only one it was like a, f- a couple of them They're like oh i tried that it's a culture and i was just like wow like microdosing is like a true culture and like oh, microdosing yeah. psychedelics specifically is a true culture like it's, it's crazy yeah yeah and, and so it's it's so beautiful to think like you know the terms themselves like etymologically and like linguistically speaking it's like culture subculture counterculture sure. etc etc right so it's like those factors are interesting to even think about because like you you could, you could say that in music right oh the underground and then the mainstream same same equivalence so it's so cool to see how like what would be maybe that would be a, like underground and now is slowly becoming mainstream it's slowly becoming mm. more like hey like enough experiments have occurred whatever that for whatever we could go on about why it's happening but like 
the reasons. And now it's slowly becoming like, hey, what? Like that kid said he did get productivity. I heard 10 other <laughs> kids said that. So maybe there's something there. And then now this institution's down. Mm -hmm. John Hopkins University actually now has their first funded research center uh, in all of the world, right? First time ever historically that's dedicated to psychedelics. Mm -hmm. That's the first time in history we've ever had that. So it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, that's a first. Like it's a literal first. That's, there's no, that's a fact. Mm -hmm. So that's, that is something, you know, that's, that's something that's great. Um, But then, like you said, like we've been saying systems, you know, and being able to try things and all that. But I just find it so intriguing. Like, I I find it intriguing. And I'm just like, you know, like, at the end of the day, my only thought over everything we discussed, because I I think if I could draw a similarity from everything, uh, is that there's a fine line. You know, there's like, there's a fine line. And my main concern with any of these topics, because it's related to all of them foundationally, is like, who is drawing those lines? Mm. You know, who's drawing those lines? Because I want to be mm-hmm. at that table. You mm-hmm. know, like, I want to be at that. I want to sit at that table because I feel that, you know, with uh, myself, let alone a lot of people that, you know, I always tell people, I'm like, uh, especially, no offense, but especially if not to you, but just third person, um, to anybody that has an ego, I'm like, you know, um, we all have them. But like, if I come across someone who brand new, I'd be like, bro, you ain't shit. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, I, if it's someone I just met, like, if I just met, they're like, who are you? And I'm like, no, but look, you ain't shit. I ain't shit. No one's shit. Like, what are you really? You're a collection of the experiences and uh, individuals that you've come across, right? So it's like, I'm just a vessel again, back to the word you said, right? And so it's like, I'm just a vessel, bro. Like, that's it. So, like, I believe with what I've come across, I think that I could, as a vessel, like, you know, really have a potential to like have a good conversation at that set table it's just i'm curious about who's gonna build it those craftsmen who's mm-hmm. gonna be sipping tea or coffee at that table yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's gonna be uh you know vibing with the plants in the room are they gonna be like whatever their plants like you know, you know what i mean like all of them come full mm-hmm. circle they literally Absolutely. come full circle and so um yeah i mean it's i don't know i mean i think it's intriguing so absolutely <laughs> cool man uh, thank you for we're that. at an hour yeah. we're at an hour what do you want to do Vu? we can uh we can, we can cut it here yeah no uh well no <laughs> do you want to plug in anything you're a part of any charity nonprofit, whatever is there anything you want to promote sure yeah anything i appreciate it man i mean uh there's a couple of things under wraps uh one thing i'll say is i'm working on a natural health brand um you know stay tuned type thing i just corny as hell but like yes that um but yeah so and the reason why i liked talking about these topics and i really appreciate the platform honestly y'all because like these are very intimate topics i think to society but i can confidently say myself because i obviously wanted to talk about them but um yeah i think they're like i think they're very important things so like i would really tell people to pay attention to like what's happening in the psychedelic space because that is the new frontier like that's the new cannabis y'all like it's not going anywhere. I'll tell you that right now. Like, and so why I say it that way is that like, if it's the new cannabis, like how you can go get something to, you know, in a dispensary or whatever, that's going to be in the near future, but it's not the same product. So that's all I say is think about that. Like they're not consumed the same way. They don't have the same derivatives. They don't have the same uses, like none of that. And so I, like in a way I sound like an old head, but like I have cautionary tales, you know, like, but at the same time, I'm like, it could be a beautiful thing. So plug-in yeah. wise, yeah, that's a couple of things. Um, 
if y'all like music, <laughs> um, I make music. I'm around people that make music. So, um, you know, that will get to you. I'm not going to worry about plugging you in, but you'll, it'll get around to you. So wait for that. And then, um, besides that, um, I don't know. Like, I guess the only thing I could really say is just plug into your own cities, y'all. Like, I know it sounds, again, like all these cliches, well, cliches are cliches for a reason, but Mm -hmm. um, because they last, (laughs) they stand the test of time. So, Mm -hmm. like, plug into your local cities. I I always used to laugh at that when I, like, I mean, I've always had my own, you know, value to that. But, like, yeah, plug into your local cities. Um, That stuff's important. It really is because on a micro level, that's what's going to end up showing what happens on your actual everyday life on a macro level. So For sure, Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. All right, man. Dude. It was good to have you, man. Fun conversation. Yeah. Man, that hour went no, I quick. Super I t- quick. I already told Vu. I told Vu. I was like, bro, you said you wanted six topics. I was like, bro, we're going to get through three. Watch. <laughs> I was like, we're going to get through three. All right, man. No, absolutely.